if you are listening to this, I understand you either are looking to get into the sports industry or are currently already working in the sports industry. But either way, both of you understand the importance of networking and putting yourself in the best position to to get the next great opportunity. Well, I have a resource that will be able to help you do that. It is called jobsinsports.com. I will put their website link in the episode description. You can either check it out now or you can go after the episode and check it out later. But for sure, this is a resource you should have signed up for yesterday, especially if you want to get into the sports industry or already in the sports industry. Now, what is jobsinsports.com? Well, they're the number one job sports focused job board online. And when you sign up, it's important that when you sign up, you let them know that you heard it from a podcast. So let me explain what you will get from jobsandsports.com. Currently, it is free to sign up, but you will have limited access to the detailed job descriptions, the sports internship descriptions, and their sport job database. But if you sign up for their premium membership, which is $5 in the first month, You will be able to post your resume on their database. You will get a resume review and possible recommendation. You will have access to their full detailed job descriptions of 3,194 listings. You will get access to the detailed sports internship descriptions, which is 553 internships. And myself personally, I know how difficult it is to find internships online. You'll get access to the sports team and industry contacts. You'll be able to network with the right people in the sports industry. You will get access to Game Face Sports Career Advice Audio Series. You will get access to the 46 Chapter Sports Employment ebook. And lastly, you will get access to their sports job database search. So now, go sign up for this resource at jobsandsports.com. And when you sign up, make sure when you hit that drop down, box where they ask you where they heard it from, make sure you hit the podcast because I want them to know that the sports is a job community consists of the leaders of the sports industry. But more importantly, I want them to understand that we have the future leaders and the future stars that will fill all of these job opportunities listed on their website. So go sign up at jobsinsports.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Student Spotlight presented by Sports as a Job. I am one half of the podcast. My name is Colby Castillo. What's up, guys? Glad we're back. My name is Shahab. And we have someone else for you. This could be the next next future star in your organization. Um, This is someone we want to put in the spotlight and give the platform for her to talk about herself. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Madison Robb to the podcast. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me today. So if you could just start off, you know, explain, you know, introduce yourself again and explain to all the listeners what exactly it is you do today. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like they said, my name is Madison Robb. I'm originally from Vernal, Utah. It's a small town farming community. So I've got that side of the work ethic. But um, right now I'm actually working at Gonzaga University's uh, Gonzags. Um, We're sad to see March Madness not happen this year. Um, but I personally work as a director of operations for women's soccer. Okay. So what does that you know as director of operations for women's soccer? We talked about this before we started the podcast, but sometimes titles don't actually explain what exactly it is that you do. So 
if you could explain like the day-to-day operations on a normal day, not, you know, we're talking, not talking about right now, but on the normal day, what is it like for you for day-to-day operation? Yeah. Um, I wish I had a little bit of a normal day, but I'd say, um, (laughs) An in-season normal day has a lot to do with um, increasing our fan attendance. So it's a lot of interacting and working with our marketing department for sure. That's almost a daily thing. Um, We have a lot of different campaigns going on depending on what type of theme we're trying to put out for that week and if it's a weekend game. Um, Expense reporting is also something that I do through Concur and um, approval through ARMS and different things like that so that the admin side of things is taking care of those everyday um, things for the coaching staff. But my big responsibility in season is making sure we get a lot of exposure um, and our pregame set up for any soccer team that we're going to be working with. If it's a community outreach situation, I'm doing a lot of contacting our community. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I was going to say, uh, and then a big part of all of this is leading up to game days. Can you also kind of describe like how game days go from like, you know, pregame setup during post game, all that? Yeah, so our pregame setup, uh, we have a great facility staff and I mostly just um, am a point of contact for the coaching staff. They run themselves really well. Um, I have a couple close friends that are in there and they, the only thing that we ever change is if we need like a halftime change or if we're changing a little bit of our pregame with a call out with the girls. So I'm always just emailing or meeting them, going out um, four to five hours before a game, making sure that everything's running well. Um, And other than that, I'm making sure that we have all of our marketing going with our posters Mm -hmm. for signing, have our signing tables up, things like that, any fan interaction that we'll be doing um, for pregame. And then our coaching staff is really big with liking um, me to be around the team uh, two mm-hmm. hours before, which I, as a formal athlete, really love that. So I get to be around the hype in some of the pregame meetings, and then we do the walkout, and it's go time. So I'm just making sure if the refs need anything or the other team's coaches, and we go for it. You got a, uh, you know, it seems like you have an all-around experience uh, with everything you do, and I want to make sure everybody understands how exactly – um, this episode came about and how we came across of you is that you stood out on Twitter because you're super active on Twitter. It, it, there's no mistake that you're always constantly asking questions. You're constantly networking. Um, so I just want to get an idea of how, how did you end up being the director of operations there, getting the position you have, but also what is your view on networking? Oh, networking. Uh, I, I personally really like networking. I feel like some people take it a little bit too seriously. Um, but networking is just living as not necessarily an extrovert, but living with a purpose. Um, the way I got to be, the way I got this position was a big blessing. I was actually working in higher education investment in Utah in um, Salt Lake City. And one of our consultants um, has a brother who is actually the head coach of the soccer team at Gonzaga. And when they heard I was leaving our firm, to pursue my master's in athletics. They actually, he said, you need to go in and talk to my brother and see how he's doing, tell him I said hi. And so I did that um, and I just decided to bring a resume with me just in case because I knew as a, um, just looking into the grad program, I would need internships at some point. So I wanted to kind of place a little bit of a bug. Um, but Chris Watkins is his name. He's um, incredible guy doing really well at um, Gonzaga, former BYU soccer coach as well. 
And he took my resume and ran with it. And in about 48 hours, I had a meeting with our SWA and um, one of our senior administrators. So it was a blessing. Sounds like the greatest decisions ever made. <laughs> yeah, it's Gonzaga is a really fun place because it's small. Mm. We don't have as many programs. We're kind of a, um, a mid-major um, program mm. in the D1 specter our spectrum but um mm. everybody knows each other very well since it's smaller but we have mm. big exposure obviously with our men's and women's basketball team and women's soccer mm. is definitely the next running thing which it's been exciting to be a part of Gonzaga on a fast moving train with soccer I like that yeah yeah the entire Gonzaga program is amazing um yeah I was like looking at your resume and then I was like it started with you know the Jimmer for Death Family Foundation BYU Division One softball everything else I was just like wow um, so that kind of leads to my question, you know, what's like your inspiration? What made you want to do this? Like get into athletics, wanted to have a career in sports, like, like it's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Um, I was kind of bred with that. My mom played volleyball at BYU and the university of Utah. Um, I have three other sisters. I'm the youngest and two of those older sisters played college softball in Kansas and in Utah as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so from day one, my dad actually sat me down when I was eight years old, asked me what I wanted to do with my life. So that was time to grow up. <laughs> so we started setting um, plans for the next 10 years and signed it together, dated it. And ever since then, I knew I was destined to be in D1 athletics. And after playing and seeing a lot of differences with different administrators, what they have on their plate, but especially the impact that they have, it was kind of like, I knew that's where I wanted to be. I love the people but I also love the bigger picture of athletics. So that's kind of my, a, a little bit part of my mission and my purpose of wanting to be here. De definitely relate on that just because of the fact that you're talking about from um, a former student athlete experience is that you understand the importance it had on your own life. And, and it comes in a circle now that you're, you, you're saying you understand the bigger picture of helping people through sports because sports is more than just a game. And I'm looking at your LinkedIn here. And you took the, the Gallup leadership strengths and you says strategy, activator, command, futuristic, and ide ideation. Um, yeah. What would you say out of that five is the number one that describes you? Mm, I would definitely say activator. Activator for me really leads into strategic and ideation. Um, I just like to go. I think that's one of the things that the regular interview question that you get is what's a weakness of yours and don't be fake and turn it into a strength. <laughs> yeah. That is my, my honest thing that feedback that I've gotten from a lot of people is um, I'm a goer and sometimes I need to let some things resonate, but also that has ended up being a really good um, thing to have in the back of my pocket to be able to strategize and offer experience to see some things crash and burn, but be okay with that and grow off mm -hmm. of it. That's fantastic. Um, and I want to give you like a scenario right now with like, you know, your work experience. So like being in game operations, having to prep for the whole week for like one of the games. Um, so if I give you a scenario, um, do you recall the Utah Oklahoma city basketball game? Like when the game was called off right before tip off. Yeah. Cause of the COVID nights and the Rudy, Go the Rudy Gobert game pretty much. Yeah. So if you were, you know, running game ops, you know, planning the whole week for that, do you, like, tell me, like, what would you do, like, throughout the whole week? Like, are you guys, like, kind of hearing whispers of something that's going on? Um, what do you do in the game of or the day of the game when you hear that, you know, game's called off? Like, what, it's you, what are you and your staff doing to kind of, like, uh, fix the situation, calm um, nerves? You know, what would you improve on that? Or did they do a great job? Oh, yeah. 
Um, I wouldn't dare, as a Utah citizen, I wouldn't dare criticize how they did it. Go Jazz. <laughs> but <laughs> I would, uh, I'd say a big thing is you have to have communication with every single department. Being able to have relationships with everybody is a really big deal. Um, whether you're running ops or being an administrator of any form. So the week of, I'm sure that they already had a plan and that would have been my strategy. Like we, we had some whisperings about this like two and a half months prior in China. China has a huge link with the NBA. We know that we've had teams over there in the last couple months. So that should have been some type of, a, you know, an emergency policy plan of how to go forward with it. Um, I do wish that they would have done a little bit more in reaching out to the fans, which they did great. Donovan Mitchell himself actually did really well personally. Mm. But I think in the scenario where it was kind of like, whoa, what's going on? And then we had some people kind of panicking of, well, if this is coming down sports, now what? Um, I think if we could have controlled it in a little bit more way of, you know, as our organization connect it back to our mission, who we are is we care about our players, but we care about our community and sports isn't going to overrule that. So we want to take care of you first and maybe set out a little bit of a plan of how to take care of yourself for mm. one, truly living up to your mission, but for two, being able to find a way to calm it down. Um, that it's not just about this. It wasn't a fast decision, helping them to realize that it was responsible. We followed the steps. Rudy was tested positive. So we're going to move from here and take care of you. Just like you're mm. our family and our team and players are our family. Mm. definitely like the way you said you would handle that and I, I want to bring it back to you know an actual maybe an actual scenario or something that you actually did you said that you're an activator um and you're not afraid to do things and let it crash and burn which I can relate on a personal standpoint just because you know especially planning with for intramurals um we introduced something new that we haven't done ever before which was esports we had a Mario Kart tournament I would think people would come out to Mario Kart and when we had it, the only two people there were the actual workers. So it was one of those things that crashed and burned. And I'm, I'm okay with putting it out there. But from that situation, we learned, okay, how are we marketing it? What did we do wrong? What did we do? The next event had 30 people. So now if you could give us maybe an example of something that you, uh, it, that it crashed and burned, but what did you learn out of it? Yeah, great question. Um, I would say the biggest thing is learning how to work with our compliance department compliance has kind of been one of the areas that I'm looking to get into right now, just because of my um, kind of surprised myself with how much I liked law when I started stud <laughs> studying that, but it's such a huge and important part of NCAA athletics. And that's somewhere that we crash and burn often. Like there's one tiny little thing you have one campaign going on and you have half a face of one of your current players and it's out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, something currently that I would say that happened is my, one of the biggest things that I was given when I was hired was increased fan attendance. We've been, like I said before, we're growing ever since Chris brought his staff in. Um, they've been jumping rankings very quickly in three years. And so they just said, we need somebody to like, to make us big. And so I was being an activator and I jumped on it. Uh, my coaches, coaching staff, they like to call me a bulldog, true to the Zag Nation, that if they need something done, I'll, I'll go for it. So I set up a bunch of different ideas, um, a lot of different community outreach things. And the biggest thing is uh, me as a former athlete, something that was huge 
is we had big signing parties after home games, especially big games. We would really market that of getting some one-on-one time with our players. Um, They weren't really doing that yet with our women's soccer team. And so I wanted to get that out. So we worked with our marketing team and said, Hey, let's set up some tables, um, have it all ready to go on the outside of the gates, blah, blah, blah. Went through compliance with all of that. And our facilities got to the end of the game. We lost and the girls were, you know, not necessarily ready for that. I hadn't trained them very well on how important it is to be with the community and building your program. And we had about like three, three people stay after the game because by the time the girls had got to the tables, it was a, almost an hour after the game because they had gone to their families, kind of been consoled. It was a huge game. And um, that was a huge burn. We had compliance come after us. We had marketing come after us and definitely had facilities. And they were kind of um, not happy. I, I guess I should say came after us, but I got some emails. They weren't very happy and some phone calls that the amount of work and time and employees that were put into that. And I just promised them that I know that this is a result that has happened that I've personally seen. And I think that I got it off the ground too quick before preparing our community with time with the players, but even more, I hadn't prepared my players with what that means. So for the next couple of weeks, um, we shared a little bit of a culture commitment to our team during practices. The coaches let me come and speak with them. And um, I talked to them to that. That's a part of giving back as a player, growing your recruiting, growing your ranking and things like that is helping young little girls to know, Hey, I can be you someday. Mm -hmm. So I shared some Mm -hmm. of my personal experiences with that. And throughout the team or throughout the year, we actually just got our numbers back. And by the start of the season to the end of the season, we increased our attendance in one year by 42.3%, which is massive for our program. Um, And we're working towards working with some donors to get a new stadium. So it was a big, it was a big feat for us, but yeah, initially it was not great. Some administrators were not happy with how many people I roped into that. Commend you for that because you all, you kept trying and trying to come up with a plan. Like obviously the first couple times is not going to work, but you know what separates you know those brilliant people who keep moving up in their careers from the ones that stay are the ones who keep attempting, even though they know they're going to fail one or two times along the way. So I give you like real I commend you for that. That's an amazing job. Thank um, you, I th- Madison. Where um you know we want to let everybody know where exactly um can they find you on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter? Uh, let the people know where they can find you and connect with you. Yeah, I've made things as simple as possible. My handle is Madison Rob on Twitter and Instagram, Madison Rob. My actually my handle for Twitter for Instagram is Freshwater Horizon 33. I should probably change that, but, <laughs> but a bit of a personal platform for me. But Twitter is Madison Rob, LinkedIn's Madison Rob. The only difference is my name is spelled with an E, not an O. So Well, thank you for coming out. And it, it stood out to me that you're an activator. But also you, you mentioned you're not, you're willing to crash and burn. And one of the most rare things that you talked about is you're interested in law and compliance, which we do not get that a lot. I used to intern in compliance. I absolutely crossed it off my list and said, get out of here with the compliance stuff. But again, we appreciate you. You're in the spotlight. Everyone who's listening until next time, uh, Madison Rob is our student in the spotlight. Thanks guys. Have a great day.